Welcome back to Made in the 80s, podcast about the 80s by people who were made in the 80s. I'm Shalia. We have Tim. I'm here. Hi, you got Kendon. I've been meaning to say, I think my new intro is going to be, hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's norm. It's my norm. Yeah. I, 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 hey, everybody. I kind of figured that's what it was. Friends, this week we are talking about Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Mm-hmm. This episode is an exciting one for me because Cheers was the reason I wanted us to do an 80s podcast. And in our quick review, we, I think, succeeded in hitting the 80s nail on the head. But yeah. we're going to talk about it in a little while. I will put the timestamp in the show notes so that you can jump straight to it if you would like to. Question for the guys. Do you have any highlights you'd like to talk about? That's our new news segment, friends. <laughs> I didn't vet this with Tim ahead of time because he doesn't know what I'm talking about. And Kendon, no idea. I'm waiting. It was Kendon's idea, but he's not—he's not rolling with well, it. Well, no, Tim usually goes first. Um, I have something to highlight about a show that I think both of us like particular, and that's just some casting news about Succession. Yeah. Um, you heard about this? I did. Alexander Skarsgård is going to be cast for season three. And he played Eric Northman on uh, True Blood. And also apparently um, he won an Emmy for that and also for the first season of Big Little Lies. He won an Emmy for Big Little Lies? That's what it said in the He was good in that. I mean, he was really bad in that. But he was good at it. He was good at being bad. (laughs) Yeah. So he's, um, he's going to be playing a character... Where's it go? He's going to be playing a character named Lucas Madsen, a successful confrontational tech founder and CEO. So sounds like uh-huh. another asshole, which is great for the cast of that show. How, how, how did you leave out the fact that he was in Godzilla versus King Kong? We haven't, I haven't finished it yet. yet. Oh, he's in it. Do you guys remember? Okay, so in Mr. Robot, the top executive guy or the guy who wants to be. Yeah, he wanted to be CTO. Do you remember what his character name was? No. So he always reminded me a lot of Alexander Skarsgård. I'm curious of whether this is going to be a similar type character that we're going to be seeing. <laughs> but he just, he always reminded me of that. So I think it's really funny that we're going to see a version of that potentially. Well, are they both like Swedish maybe? It could be. It could be just looks. Yeah. It. So. Yep. And so two other things I wanted to highlight is that Tenet is now available on HBO Go or HBO Max. HBO Max. Also highlight, do you guys remember when we were recently talking about Cinemax and yeah. HBO and HBO Max? Like HBO yeah. does own Cinemax. Yeah. And some Cinemax stuff is on HBO Max. Rest. So I still haven't heard con- confirmation that the name it's not it. means HBO Cinemax together. No. It came up before. No. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, I admit it's weird. Very so, weird, but no. So I haven't gotten to Tenet yet, and Shalia, I knew, would have been uh, disappointed if I watched without her, but it's on HBO Max now, so we can watch that. Same with Mortal Kombat, but we hope to see that in the theater. Tim, have you seen it? I saw it multiple times. We wanted to see it. We were going to go to the theater for it, but Kendon had happy hour that was a little too happy <laughs> speaking <laughs> of cheers and uh we had to cancel our reservation so I watched we'll it at home. it's fine i don't know if it, i don't know if it needs there's nothing in it 
that shot where I'm like, you gotta see it in theaters. Okay. Right. It's not. It's not like when you watch Godzilla, you're like, I should probably see this on a big screen, right? Especially the last battle. But with Mortal Kombat, no. I mean, I'm fine with watching Mortal Kombat on our screen downstairs because it's pretty big. So we can yeah. do that. The other thing, though, we, we have to do, highlight, I don't know, Tim, this is probably going to be in your, what have you been up to? Without remorse, we have not watched yet. So yeah. that one, we'll get, your, we'll get your opinion on whether we should be going to the theater or if our downstairs is it, theater. Is, is it even in theaters? Oh, that's a good question. I don't I, think I it, doubt it is. I think it's just Amazon. Yeah, good point. Shalia wanted us to watch it on the laptop, and I was like, I think... And watch it on television. Yeah. Don't, don't disrespect Michael B. Jordan like that. Give so, <laughs> in fairness, my what, have, what have, my what have you been doing uh, for this week is that Ken and I celebrated our sixth anniversary and went out of town. We actually went Happy on a trip. Happy anniversary. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Very excited. Um, yeah, so... We went on a trip and we got like this great, um, on the Oregon coast, we got this great room that was just straight up ocean. Like it was on the ocean. We're just watching the ocean, watching whales go by, but there was absolutely no TV there. So all we had was our laptops and we got there Friday night, uh, April 30th, which is when without remorse had come out. So I was like, we're watching this tonight. And Kendall was just like, no, (laughs) this isn't, this isn't the right call. So yeah, it's still on our it's still on our to-do list. All right, so back to highlights, Kendon. Last highlight this month is Pacific Islander slash Asian month. So let's all celebrate our Pacific celebrate Islander. Celebrate me? Yeah, we're going to celebrate you. Oh, thank you. It's also, I don't know if you guys noticed my shirt, but oh. May the 4th is when we're recording. May the 4th. So Forgot I'm, to change wearing... into my Mandalorian shirt. Tim, I have one Star Wars piece of clothing and I could not find it it must be like at the bottom of my dirty clothes bin this morning I was trying to get dressed and like Kendon where's my Star Wars shirt so I grabbed one she of was kind of desperate she popped in on a on a zoom meeting I was in luckily nobody saw I mean I came from the side I like checked first to make sure I wasn't going to be in the picture or anything but no. yeah you like, know how to do I that I can't right? find my shirt <laughs> but I found one of his so we're good okay Tim do you have any highlights for the week my highlight for the week, um, news-wise, not a whole lot. Um, there was something. and I'm, <laughs> There was a funny news article that Vin Diesel said something about, like, how the new Fast and Furious movie is going to make the first movie make sense. And I was like, we don't care that these movies make sense. <laughs> That's not what we're here for. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, Michael Bay <laughs> saying, I'm finally going to make Transformers coherent. Yeah, like, yeah, I watched The Rock grab a torpedo with his bare hands and redirect it. It's fine. You're driving skyscrapers. That's okay. Did that happen or is that? No, that happened when they were on the ice. They're racing luxury vehicles on ice. Also okay. Like, that's fine. Did they also redirect it a submarine or no? That was just the torpedo. That that was torpedo. Okay. But you know, we watched them swing a, a safe through the cities of Brazil and possibly murder people. It's fine. We're, we're okay with all of this. It doesn't need to make sense. Give us cars, give us comedy, give us some cool fight sequences, give us a big bad, and I think we're okay. I would go so far as to guess that we are probably better without it making sense. I hope they are too bad. They, they went from like a bunch of street kids to like Field Team Six. Like it's 
none of the Avengers. Yeah, they're basically Avengers. None of this makes sense, and that's fine. Um, I just realized John Cena though. So they were in my dream the other, like maybe last night or the night before. Kenton, we kept seeing the previews for Fast and Furious, and you kept being like Tyrese, man. He never should have given up on this. It was a bad move. Like, but he didn't. It's funny because he almost did. Multiple days or multiple times, multiple days. I said he's so lucky that he found this or he got attached to this. Yeah. Because lucky. otherwise, we would not be talking about Tyrese at all. No, I don't know what he would be doing. Well, in my dream, <laughs> he was irrelevant. And <laughs> it's weird. It. What if actually in the alternate, alternative? Yeah. In the alternate timeline, he's playing War Machine. <laughs> oh god or, or falcon no i remember like he, he, he really wanted to be Martin Luther king in uh selma he wants to be, i'm not kidding. i'm not kidding he wanted to be django there's a like a, if you look on youtube there's a tyrese django audition oh he, he auditioned oh yeah it's on youtube oh look, yes look up his look up his reel it's not great so you're right he needed it like most people do like i don't know what these other people be doing but if you can get locked in to a franchise like that that's going to bring in money and have you working, be a consistently working actor in Hollywood, you, you rock with it. Like, good for them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a proposal. I'd like to see Vin Diesel in another Riddick movie. I w- I'm down for another Riddick movie. One where they kind of lean into the fact, like, like, to the fact that he is middle, late middle age. Kind of like Boba Fett. Oh, I was thinking Bruce Willis, like in those ones. He's like, I'm too old. I just, <laughs> I wanted to be, yeah, no, a little, a little more scraggly, but still a tough guy. I'd like to see more Riddick stuff. I'm good. Cool off Riddick. <laughs> He's a bad friend. Oh, no because thanks. his dog got shot. Foreseeably. Foreseeably. Yeah. Did Tim warn you about that? Probably about not. What was dog? The only one was John Wick. I totally forgot. Yeah. No, no, there's a dog in Riddick. His like little alien pet thing. It wasn't quite a dog, yeah, but it was an actual real dog. Basically a dog. It was a dog. I don't think Tim was <laughs> in I don't think Tim had the responsibility of warning me at that now point. Now I do. Now it was I long, do. long ago. Now it's long. heavy on my shoulders to yes, it is. That's it. That's all it's not, not a whole we lot actually, of news. We actually stopped Fleabag because we think an animal is gonna die. So Fleabag has a hand. to look it up. Yes, but it said no, and then Kendon found out somewhere else that yes, in fact, the hamster is going to die after somebody kicks it, and then she kills it because it's in so much pain. And it's a really cute hamster. Fleabag's a comedy. It's supposed to be funny? Yeah, it's funny so far, but then, like, the hamster just kept ending up outside and people kind of freaking out in the restaurant enough that we I, like we paused it and i'm like what's gonna happen to this hamster yeah. <laughs> like, fair fair you know your boundaries mm-hmm. i'm like i'm attached like her name is like harriet or henrietta or something and she's so cute she's like a oh is she a hamster no she's a guinea pig because she's bigger i'm allergic to guinea pigs really really interesting yeah allergic i can imagine they're furry and stuff the dander or something my eyes get all itchy and red and not great. Guinea pigs of all animals. That's what I'm saying, because that's like the ones that they used to test stuff for humans when, right? Like guinea pigs are the I testing. I mean, it does happen, but I think it's kind of more of a figure of speech. Oh. Kendon saved a bunch of guinea pigs. 
from being euthanized after an experiment. He made sure they got homes. I was I was very proud of him. Okay. Any other highlights? That's it. Okay. Tim, what have you been up to? Watching a whole bunch of crap. So I just started watching <laughs> Mayor of Easttown. Who's got- the mayor? Mayor, not mayor. Mayor. Oh. And it's supposed to sound like that. Mayor is her name. It's Kate Winslet. It's like this really kind of gritty. It's like a cop in this small town. And it's it's great. It's three episodes in so far. It's pretty fantastic. Then I started watching that cop show. Some London cop show. It's that one? <laughs> yeah. It's a London cop show. Well, hold on. Let me, let me not. I was going to like completely like the name. And I don't want to do that. I was going to say, tell me more. Because it uh, sounds up my alley. It's it's up your alley, for sure. What is the name? I had to say it. Line of Duty. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Line of Duty. I started watching that last night. Enjoy it if you like cop shows and people with cool London accents. And, you know, it's great. Um, Although the opening scene is intense, so I would watch it before Shalia watches it. Thank you. <laughs> they do a raid on a rabbit house or something. Yeah, pretty much. No. Um, and I um I I finished Invincible. All right. Yeah. So, so over the weekend, I started reading the comics, and I'm on issue not ten, I think, volume volume ten or volume volume ten issue like forty seven or something. It is bananas. Like the 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 show like just barely touches on how insane this comic is. Awesome. It is a lot of fun, a lot of twists and stuff you don't see coming. I would highly recommend it, although it is a cartoon and you'll watch the first episode and think it is for kids, but then the the last part of the first episode will remind you that it is not something that's for children. It's not for children. You know, as crazy as The Boys is, it doesn't reach uh, the craziness of the comic either. Sounds yeah, yeah. No. No, I, I put that on. My, what is your comic reader? Um, I use Hoopla through through um the the South Public Library, so you can just oh, get it for free. You're getting for free. Free. Oh, free. And, it, and it's you know shows up on my iPhone 12, full display, full screen. I'm gonna have to try that out. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Like in, in a previous life, pre-pandemic, I would often go borrow old office and I would just put them on reserve and just go grab them and read them over the weekend and bring them back. But since they're I, they still do it now, I'm just like, I'm not touching a bunch of comics right now. That's probably the worst thing to touch. Like, the worst. What is the demographic of people and comics. outside of Tim who are uh checking out yeah. comic books from the library? Yeah. So if you get into, if you love reading graphic novels and get into Invincible, I'd do it. Cool. That right. sounds like a plan. Anything else you've been up to? That's really it. Oh, I did watch Without Remorse. Forgot since you brought that up. It's definitely more John Rambo than John Wick. Oh. Essentially, it's more that kind of like Tom Clancy, military. There's some big bad, and he's got to get revenge on people who killed his family. Man on Fire? No, not as good as Man on Fire. And not as not as like Man on a Rampage. He's still working within the confines of the US government. 
And they're obviously setting up Rainbow Six and all those other things that come with Tom Clancy, this big franchise. Rainbow Six? Yeah, they're trying to set that up. That's a really popular uh, series of video games. It is. So trying to set it up. up. We'll see how, I don't know how how well did streaming, uh, whatever, they're trying to set it up. I mean, the whole third act is setting up something to come. So we'll see. Cool. All right. Kendon, do you want to go next? Sure. Yeah. What have you been doing? Tim, I just want to mention uh, on your recommendation, I watched the QAnon documentary. Oh, give me your thoughts. Um, briefly, it's wild. It's a wild group of people who are involved in this. Yeah. The, the guy who created 8chan is yeah. kind of hilarious. Um, and in, a then, weird way. in a weird way, they're all weird. Oh. It seems, oh, like the, it seems like the guys who are running the website are kind of almost hiding out in what? Is, are they in Indonesia? Philippines. The Philippines. Philippines. Like, it, 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 it makes sense that they're in the Philippines and not hanging out the, in the United States. They're like those type of people. It's like, we need to go somewhere where it's, uh, I don't know, a little, a little freer. Yeah. And then the laws are different and like that whole thing was crazy. And But here, here's something that, that um, Shulia, did you watch? Did you watch it? I did. I don't know if I saw all of it, but I Kenan was watching it while I was down there, and I found it hilarious. I really enjoyed it. If it wasn't, and I think everybody had a dangerous. cat. Were there a lot of cats <laughs> in this one? Yeah, it's a cat. But I feel like there are a lot of cats. There was something yeah. I was like, these are all. <laughs> and I'm with Kenan. If it wasn't politically dangerous, maybe a lot more hilarious. Yeah. So, one part to me was really, I think characterize the people in this movement right not not the people run the website they're, they're on a whole nother level of weirdo trying to be god and have control right they want to oh the president look in the woman who's a big q tuber when they ask her she starts talking about this pedophile ring and all these celebrity pedophiles and she wanted to run the story at her job as a news person and they wouldn't run the story so she quit and for her that's like this weird confirmation bias that like they didn't want to run the story, so it must mean something's up. Not that like you you want you want a news station to run a story about high profile people being pedophiles and you don't have any evidence. No one's gonna- <laughs> yeah. There's some no other gonna, yeah. No producer gonna be like, oh, that seems like a good idea. Let's run a story about Tom Cruise with no evidence and just put his name out there. Like we're not no, but it it, it it's just this weird feedback loop of well, then it must be true. Oh, yeah, it must was, be true. definitely like oh okay so now i need to commit my time to this because you yes. don't want to. yeah yeah it's a lot of that to the whole show and it, it we're connected to like gamergate and how it all leads up into the storming of the capital is nuts that i found really interesting because i remember the whole gamergate thing when it was happening Me too. because i was really into you know gaming basically media and press and stuff mm-hmm. And I did not realize like the straight line um, continuation or morphing or whatever into QAnon that 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 had. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like it's like a, it's like coronavirus, right? Something that mutates. Like yeah, you got this. You you it moves a certain way. The gamer gains a lot of misogyny, a lot of stuff, and it's not difficult to then fold that into like racism and like crazy conspiracy theories and like. Weirdo, like it's not. 
not a big of a leap for them. It's a big leap to go from where we're at to there, but from where they're already at, not a big leap. And then they find communities of themselves and they're chatting and well, here's the here's drops. the thing I realize based off of this is that it just grows up with them, right? Yeah. Because it's probably the same mindset, the same sort of person. It's it's been shifting. So whatever they were were about in the early 2000s, who knows? But then they got to complaining about video games and diversify, diversification in video games. Right. And then they got a little older and now they're complaining. They're, it's about, you know, conspiracy theories in politics. Yeah. Who politics. knows what it's going to be 10, 15 years from now? But it's going to be the same people. Same people. <laughs> new technology. New technology, new way to spread the information, new way to gather, new way to have a community. And just, yeah. And it, what, what's crazy is after all of this, this, sort of spill it out to end the documentary. There's people who still are rocking with it. Still. Yeah, but I understand why. I totally understand why. Like, I, I, I can put myself in their shoes and say, yeah, I would, I would spend a bunch of time on this because I don't remember who was talking about it, but it's the, uh, like the Kennedy assassination and all of the conspiracy theories that come up around it. And it's because the, the person with theory was that human beings don't like the idea that one random person could have had that huge of an impact. Right. Mm -hmm. So there must be something more, you know, and, and that's the sort of person or that's the sort of um, mindset that brings you into conspiracies is like, no, like all of these huge events, there has to be something connecting them. There has to be a force greater than just a couple of, of selfish people or a few selfish people. You know what's funny? It reminds me of, you know, we, we've talked about this before, but like early on when we had serial killers, the, the initial thought from law enforcement was like, there must be a connection between these two people. Yeah. And they wasted so much energy and time looking for something that wasn't there because that was their old way of thinking. Like, okay, obviously he knew this girl because why else would he have killed her? He worked with her, he knew her, he saw her and couldn't find out he didn't. He just... That was who he saw that day, and that was what was going to happen. He was, and not looking at <clears throat> the pattern in the. Now they do it, right? They call them serialized murders at, at first, but to me, it's the same thinking, right? Like you're not you're looking at things one way because you're used to looking at it one way. But I would want to modify that slightly, right? Yeah. Because in so many of those cases, that person will often feel like they do know the person. Right. right, because they've been stalking. They've it's a been, one-sided relationship. It's a one-sided relationship, not in all, not in all of the cases. Oh but no, no, you're right. You're right. No, you're you're right about that. You're hundred percent correct because that is some. Sometimes that is it. Way too many true crime podcasts. Yeah, way too. <laughs> so, moving it on. Moving it Sorry. on. What else have you been doing, Kevin? You guys talked about Dark Phoenix, so I watched it. It's not good. <laughs> what Dark Phoenix or New Mutants? I mean, they're both. Dark no, I haven't made it to, to New Mutants. Dark Phoenix, not good. What part of Dark Phoenix did you realize that this was going to be a shit show? How far? Yeah, was it pretty early? Yes. <laughs> it was. Maybe it's when I saw Jennifer Lawrence, but no. I, I've never well, been a fan of her in these I, I'm a fan of hers, but like not in that role. Yeah, it's yeah. just specified in these movies, in that role. Yeah. I'm a fan of her. I, th- I think there's like- cool. St- Sorry, th- there's cool stuff happening. Right, um, particularly the shuttle uh, rescue. The main, thing, the main thing I will say is Kendon had a real problem with one of the like main 
themes of the movie that Professor X did something that was so wrong. He was like, maybe he should have told her sooner, but I oh, can yeah. see how he just didn't get to it. <laughs> like, and like what, like that thing. And like, he's like, I'm so sorry. I mean, we don't have to get into it, but that was something that Kendo was just very like, he wasn't that wrong to do this. Like, but everybody was treating him like he was the worst. Like yeah. he did that. He, he, yeah. It's, I'm not. It, I'm not used to everybody being mad at Professor, like at Professor X. Maybe that happened more in newer comics, but growing up, he was like a good guy. He was like P- Captain Picard. Yeah, he made, well, everybody's pissed. At, well, actually, everybody seems pissed at Picard on the Picard show. Yeah, <laughs> but he's old. He's old and cranky. Stay yeah. long enough to become the villain. Okay. Exactly. So speaking of um, power, special powered people led by a person in a wheelchair, what else have you been doing? We watched the Nevers. The I Nevers is on. Yeah, it's dumb and it's fun. Yeah. 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 I particularly like their. Uh, oh, I like their fake. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, their fake coach right, uh, driver yeah. machine, whatever that is. Yeah. It's fun. But I think we'll talk about it more when, we, when the season's over. I just want to mention that. And then for Pacific Islander Month, I finally watched Whale Rider after all of this time. Wow. Have you seen it? I assume. Yeah, I've seen it. Wow, it's a good movie. Good one. So I've been I've been wanting Kendra to watch it for a long time, but I always thought of it as like a slower movie, so I've never quite known when to pitch it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I love slow movies. But it's not that slow of a movie. It's not. It it always just felt slow. Um, but yeah, so I have been watching it because it's on IMDb. Um, streaming so i had been watching it and was like kendon watch this with me so while we were remember i said we were watching whales out our window mm-hmm. on vacation so we watched whale rider too it was perfect it was it's a really good movie it's a good movie i will what? say about imd tv um it has commercials it which does. works which works in some contexts but this is a very mo- emotional movie a lot of major things, heavy things happening. And they do not know, they must be using an algorithm, right? (laughs) Why do you say that? (laughs) Because it just, it cuts at really bad times. Like it doesn't allow, it must be, I think it's breaking like at scene breaks, at least it's not like cutting a scene, but you know how when a scene breaks, you kind of sit with that feeling from what that scene did for you. It, it does, yeah. That moment, like something impactful happened, and then all of a sudden, just a, some weird commercial comes. Hi, out. do you want to try? Da 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 da. Yeah, it really messes with the feel. Like, I yeah. don't want to hear about hemorrhoid cream right now. I'm emotional. <laughs> now it is free, so like, I'm not complaining. Complaining. That's the way we used to watch movies. That's the way we used to watch like <laughs> what seventy five percent of our movies. I feel like Everything. we just they were done by people i think the algorithm piece is right that like somebody was like this is where we're going to put a commercial here and we're going to put a commercial here and also we're going to do like a fade in fade out because that's the other thing is like it just jumps right into this thing that's like whoa that's really not the mood we're in right now (laughs) like somebody just died you remember that that uh message that used to come up at the beginning of movies something like this uh movie has been formatted for your screen kind of a, a little longer than that but basically, yeah, it sounds like people had to put effort into making this television appropriate. 
but you liked it. I'm glad. I loved um, it. Friends, if you have interest in Polynesian culture, this movie is a good one. I really appreciate it. It's it's a modern day story that um, focuses on our roots and our ancestors, and and it really brings in what Polynesian culture is and how um, you know the old ways can conflict with changing world and modern times and um yeah it's it's a good one i love it so i'm glad kendon watched it anything else you've been doing that's all all right so the trip that we went on we went to yahatsk oregon Wales. yahatsk it's spelled y-a-c-h-a-t-s and we went there because i saw the hotel that i wanted us to go to and that's where the hotel is (laughs) So the town itself um, and the things around it were just kind of all bonus. Um, yeah. Oh, it looks nice. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, really cool. Tim, do you remember how I had a Thor hammer at our wedding? Yeah. So. I have a picture of you with the hammer. Yeah. So Kendon. Oh, yeah. So it, this was our anniversary, which is why we went. And there's Thor's well is there. So we got to go visit mm-hmm. Thor's well, which is awesome. That's it's really neat. It's um, it's. How do you put it? It's like a hole in a cliff, right? Where the waves are breaking it. Mm-hmm. And so the water, it, it, it reminds, it's almost like a geyser, kind of reminds me of a geyser because the water will swell up and then splash out as the waves come in. But yeah, that's the fun part is you can see the waves. So you're like, oh, that's going to be a big one. <laughs> and yeah, like it, is. Pictures of it. it looks like a big butthole, but it looks cool though. Yeah. 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 Um, well, isn't there a that's... Thor's anus somewhere too? Maybe. This one's called Thor's Well. But um, I feel like they probably, some, the, per, the person who actually found it was in like probably the 1800s probably called it that. They changed it over time. <laughs> they changed it. But yeah, so it was a nice trip. Um, you know, one where we could be socially distanced from everybody else, um, but still feel like we got away um, six, six hours-ish from Seattle. Yeah, I drove, I drove both ways. Kenan did all the driving, so <laughs> which is uh, impressive. And had great clam chowder. That was probably the highlight. Um, so the highlight was also at that restaurant where we finally were like, okay, um, is your town pronounced Yakots or you, or Yachots or Yashits? Yashits. And they, they were like, um, it's Yachots. <laughs> it's like a silent C. I will say it was, I really appreciate it. So the, the restaurant we ended up finding was, it's called Luna Sea. <laughs> And um, oh, hold on. <laughs> and their menu, I don't know if I've ever seen this before, but it says on the top, farmed fr- farmed fish never served here or something like that. And I was like, that's legit. Like, that's cool that you can say that. And they did. They had a whole bunch of Dungeness crab that they had just gotten the day before. Um, oh, so it's huh. like, this is the special, like it's not on the menu. It's just the it's waiters different. will tell you, hey, by the way, we've got crab. You can get a whole crab, <laughs> which we did. Nice. It was great. So fun times. Um, and then the other thing I've been doing, so I continued on my Marvel quest mm-hmm. and I have finished Iron Fist where you made all I mean, the it dirty. might be, th- yeah, Shalia likes it Iron might Fist. be my favorite. Like it got you me. Really like that show? Yeah. So the first season, I don't think I had ever finished, but mm-hmm. after finishing the first season, then I could appreciate him much more in defenders. Right. And so then, and then in this season i just yeah i i enjoyed it i really did um most recently i finished 
season three of Daredevil. Great. And I have to say, like, I'm really sad that those Netflix shows aren't still going. They were good. They're, yeah, they're legit. I mean, like the action and the fighting, especially, I don't know what I was comparing it to, but like the Daredevil, I mean, you know how we we talk about like hallway scenes? Yeah, like hallway every, fights? every episode has one. Every season has one. Yeah, and it, I mean, like they're just, the fights are yeah. impressive for them having done this, like these seasons. Like it's 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 quality, man. I'm I'm, quality. I'm appreciating it if a lot. If I could have like one wish re- like regarding all this Marvel stuff, it would be that they had have done Blade, even with Mahershala Ali, in this style. Like a real gritty, bloody, uh, a real bloody version of of Blade, which I don't think we'll get. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but so I just, you know, friends, if you haven't returned to the Netflix um, shows, I recommend that you do it. I, at first, I was like, I've seen all these already. I don't need to, but they do build into a story, and I, in the end, really appreciated it and enjoyed it. So. Did that. I'm now on Runaways season two, and that's happening. Um, <laughs> and then the, the other. So thing I is, wanted to mention something because okay. I watched some of that uh, that Daredevil season with you, and I was I, what I really appreciated was the way they adapted. Is it? It's not Deadshot. Is it Dead Eye or Bullseye? It's Bullseye. Bullseye. Yeah, it, it was kind of it was kind of believable. I think that's what they did well in the in in those shows. I mean, I really get to points where I'm like, I don't know how you guys are getting out of this. This is unsolvable. You can't, like, yeah, you can't win him. You're, like, how, how is this going to resolve? He's bouncing bullets off of buildings. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Um, and then, so the other thing I've been doing is to p- clean my palate as a palate cleanser. I've been watching the Great British Baking Show. Of course you are. Um, I hadn't ever watched it, and I, so I've been watching it. And I will say, I finished the first season in like hmm, two days, maybe three. Collection, first collection. By the end of it, I sent a message to Kendon, being like, "I don't think I can eat a baked good for quite some time." Like <laughs> just watching all of that flour, bread-looking stuff. By the end, like the very first episode. And second episode too, Kendon watched one of the episodes with me and I was like, I really want a croissant right now or I really want some cake. But that only lasted for like a couple episodes. After that, I was like, there's no way I would eat any of this. I am full just watching it. So if anyone wants to go on a diet, maybe watch this. Which is funny. Make you not want to eat. Because <laughs> I had just gotten um, Costco muffins, which we don't get often. Yeah. Yeah, and like Kendon got to eat most of them because I was like, mm, no, thank you. Okay, so... That's it for me. You guys ready to go back to the 80s? Yeah. All right. In what 1982 horror film does an alien organism that imitates other life forms perfectly terrorize an Antarctica research station? The thing. John Carpenter's the thing? John Carpenter's the thing. Sorry, you guys are right. I just, I'm wondering if we've done this card already. That's okay. We'll just keep going. What sitcom's first episode featured former baseball player Tony and his daughter Samantha moving in with Angela Who's and her boss? son Jonathan? Bonus, what is Angela's mom's name? Angela's mom. I didn't watch the show. Yeah. Mona. Yeah, I did not know that. Okay, in 1982, who was, quote, bad to the bone along with his band, The Destroyers? <laughs> 
idea. Kendon? No. George Thorogood? Never. That was an 80s song? I always, I always thought that was like an older Listen, song. Yeah, me too. But I guess so. Okay. This is an exciting one. It's food that's exactly as old as Kendon and I. What food product, which comes in a ball, bell, boot, and bow tie shapes, did McDonald's debut in 1983? Chicken McNuggets? Yeah. Chicken McNuggets is old as us, Kendon. I thought they only came in two shapes. I know. I, I, I mean, do they mean like you can get chicken McNuggets in all of these shapes, but McDonald's? No, no. I think they're indicating maybe at the time. They yeah, maybe at the time. Yeah. Well, so we have the boot shape still. What's the other uh -huh. shape we still have? Probably ball. ball. Really? That's a ball? No, bow tie. No bow tie. Bell? Maybe a bell. Maybe we have the bell and the boot. I don't think we have the bell. There's a there's a circular one, and then there's a squiggly one. Yeah, but the circular one is not round. I mean, like... It's slightly oval, but it's, it's not circle. shaped like a bell. <laughs> it's like an right. egg. Okay. Uh, an article of clothing that is half jeans and half shorts is commonly known by what term? Jorts. <laughs> is that real? I did not realize. <laughs> I did not you know realize that? either. That's like straight up something from the 80s. Yeah. You're just like John Cena all you want to. It just makes me think of 80s frat boys. Yes. I don't understand. Half jeans and half shorts. Like one side is long and the other side is a shorts. Jeans shorts. Shorts that are made of jeans. Yes. Yeah, made of denim or whatever. Yeah. Denim well, shorts. that's like most of the jeans I own. You wear jeans now. Yeah. No, wait, no, it's no. <laughs> Kenan is throwing a flag on the play. He's disagreeing. <laughs> Wait, what, what she has a lot of are capris. No, no. In my younger days then, like most of my shorts were always jean shorts. But I think shorts are specific for men. I don't think it's a woman thing. Oh. And I feel like they're narrower. And maybe even cut off at the, at the knee. Like yeah. torn off. Torn off, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, and you have to have a mullet. Yeah. Speaking of mullets, we we uh, saw one in our show for the week. You guys yeah. ready to get into it? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. You guys, we are ready to visit Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Norm! Holy moly. So, yeah. Um... There's so much. There's so much to kind of cover. Obviously, it's hard when you're doing a TV series because there's obviously like we can't watch every single one. Friends, you, I'm mm -hmm. sure you haven't watched every one. Um, quick facts are that it debuted September 30th, 1982, mm -hmm. and its final episode aired May 20th, 1993. So it's a solid through the 80s and introducing the 90s show. Yeah. Tim, do you want to tell us kind of generally? The making of it. Ted Danson played Sam Malone, the bar owner. Rhea Perman was Carla. Uh, John Rassenberger is Cliff. George Wendt is Norm. Kelsey Grammer plays Frazier, who didn't have a spinoff show called Frazier. How many spinoffs did the Cheers have? I think that's the only one. Um, that's the only one I know of. 
<laughs> Woody Harrelson played Woody. Um, Chrissy Allen plays Rebecca. Philip Perlman plays Phil. Kelly Long plays Diane. Um, and B.B. Newworth plays Dr. Lilith. And Nicholas Calasancho plays Coach, who was really funny. Coach is hilarious. There's also a returning um, character who we did an uh, episode about a couple years ago after the actor passed away. Um, is it Harry the Hat? Harry the Hat. Yeah. Right. yeah. He played the judge on um, Night, Night Court. Court. Night Court. But yeah. funny character. He, he shows up. He shows up in the in the in the episode uh, Bar Wars. So for yeah. a second, well, he shows up even earlier. He's than there that, a few he? times. Yeah. He's there yeah. A few times. When I first saw him, I was like, oh. Is there a connection? Is this where he goes to drink after work or something yeah. like that? And then immediately he's scamming people. And I was like, I don't yeah. think it's the same character. Yeah, he's a yeah. bit of a scammer. It's character a simple right? premise for a show. It's a regular group of people at a Boston bar run by Sam, played by Ted Danson. And he essentially, you know, the did you watch the first episode? Yep. Yep. Okay, the first episode so- does a really good job of setting up the parameters of the show. It's mostly all shot in one location. Got the bar and you got the back room. And you meet all the cast of characters. You learn that Sam is a recovering alcoholic, but he he owned the bar and he kept it. And now he's hired people that he knows and he's regular to come to his bar every day. And that's kind of the show. And it revolves around these different characters. And every now and then, uh, like one of the episodes I watch, a character will have like a one-off episode where they're sort of the focus of it. Um, all kind of hijinks and comedy and sometimes a touch on serious issues. Um, very much a, a sitcom from the 80s. Mm-hmm. So before we go into in too far into it, we're gonna, friends, we're gonna tell you what episodes we watched for this podcast. Um, so what what we have watched in the last week or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you can watch whatever you want or not watch it at all. I highly recommend you return to it. Um, but so, um, we started with season one, episodes one and two to get a feel for the show. And then we jumped to episode seven where Norm is being kind of a bad guy. Um, episode eight and episode 16. Um, and then season two, we watched episode four and episode 17 Season three, we watched episodes one and two, where we get our introduction of Frasier, mm-hmm. episode 13 and 14. And then season four, we watched episode one and episode 24. For some reason, we skipped season five. I don't remember why. I think because we were running out of time and we wanted to get into the Kirstie Alley years. So mm-hmm. we watched season six, episode one, which was the introduction of her, and episode 23. And then we jumped to season seven, watched episode 21. And then we jumped to the final season, season 11. And we watched episode 19, which I believe, um, Tim, you watched as well. What episode was that? Um, Bar Wars 7. (laughs) That's a great episode. (laughs) Yeah. So most of our episodes we watched were based on an article that talks about like the 10 best cheers Mm -hmm. um, episodes of all time. We used that as like our roadmap and then we picked episodes around that just seemed interesting and then the other ones that you said you watched tim i'm not sure if you know what seasons and episodes these like numbers they are but you also watched what is cliff calvin yeah and you watched the farce is with bar wars 
mm-hmm. seven, the naked prey. Wait, is that all one word? Yeah. Or all one episode? Okay. So the other episode is, um, what is Cliff Calvin? And the boys in the bar. And the boys in the bar, which was episode 16 of season one. So Cheers is, I think, for a certain subset of the population, the like quintessential 80s. We don't have hookers and blow, but we have a whole lot of workplace harassment ah! and sexual yeah, harassment. Are you sure about that? We didn't watch all the episodes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you, we did not watch every episode. You definitely have a hooker joke in the pilot. There are quite a few hooker jokes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these this is kind of the like normal Joe's type of um, cast. And I just think it's brilliant. So like you said, Tim, it's based in a bar. Mm-hmm. And how simple like, a concept is that, but how much content you can do with that. Because yeah. you've got new characters coming in and out, but you can have this one home base. It's natural. This is where mm-hmm. a lot of really ridiculous stuff happens. Right. <laughs> where people talk about stuff. So it's just, it's, it makes sense for a premise. And so I really, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Cheers for that reason. Um, okay. When we're, in terms of talking about Cheers, I think there's absolutely stuff that's problematic. And that is a big reason how we, you know, I, I know I said it earlier, but how this podcast kind of started, we were going to do a podcast and we wanted to know what we wanted to talk about. And I was in the midst of watching Cheers and so many things that I was exposed to in these episodes as a kid that watching them in my thirties as an adult woman and being like, that is not okay. And, and just seeing how a lot of the jokes and a lot of the content in the show was, um, was, it was kind of the, it's, it's strange to be watching it through adult eyes versus as a kid, especially a woman, I think who was exposed to this and kind of was just like, it's just is what it is. This is normal. And now being like, that's, yeah, no, not going to fly. You know, it's funny you mentioned watching it through the eyes of an adult. It's fascinating because, you know, obviously, I don't blame the show because that's just where we were at as a society. And these kind of jokes were fast and free and people found humor in it. And it's, to me, it's, it's obviously most prominent in the boys in the bar episode because Sam's friend comes out as gay and it's just fear that everyone's going to think he's gay so he's very defensive and he was, you know, he doesn't read his friend's book and in the book he comes out. And then once the, the, the regular bar members realize he came out, they're afraid their bar is gonna turn into a gay bar. So they want Sam to kick these gay guys out of the bar because they're afraid that it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna be their home bar anymore. And Sam has a real conversation about losing his patrons. Cause I thought it was a really genuine like, hey, if I lose these guys, I don't have a bar anymore. But then he does the right thing and they come to find out that it's the guys that thought were gay weren't gay and it's this whole fiasco. But some of the things that are meant to be funny on the episode aren't really that funny like now. <laughs> like, and, could you, and it's weird because you're here in the studio audience laugh. You're like, man, this is rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was tackling the issue, right? Like it was trying it was to teach us a lesson. Yeah. Um, and so it was like the guys, so friends, this is season one, episode 16, yeah. um, where, I mean, Diane is kind of the like moral 
center or whatever for for most a lot of these episodes right so diane says it's okay and that you guys are being behind and being bigots and yeah um in that um in the way that they're reacting so it tells us that we're getting past it we're getting a little bit further right that we have somebody voicing that this is this is not okay what you how you guys are responding right and in 82 so that's a little bit impressive that you're 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 saying it but the way it looks is just like wow people were really what they are doing is putting those ideas into the mouth of the character that gets disregarded most often right no exactly so it's kind it's kind of a slow kind of a slow roll or soft pitch on that but this one is fun right because it's like it turns out um that she she i mean it's like basically you don't have anything to be afraid of and stop treating people like they're different when they you know they could be among you and you don't even know right <laughs> so um, the, it, the one thing, an interesting lesson the one fun observation is like watching them talk about boston sports teams being really bad the patriots and then and the red sox and like we've known them to be good over this last like you know almost 20 years for both teams it's funny to hear that like just that pain of like we're never going to win anything we're not going to draft well it's it's just funny to hear it in that context and like the celtics are the team that they rave about they speak highly of yeah Yeah. i mean that that is the like so one of the, the charming things about this is like i feel like you could take it and you could place it in any city any like anywhere in in the united states in the north well i guess i don't know i will talk about race right at some point and th- when i say a subset of population we we don't see a whole lot of diversity in that bar well, I, wanted to make that comment, I wanted to make that comment now because as great as the the opening scene and the opening song are it does say you want to go where what does it say our troubles are all the same people are all the same people are all the same um, and they are <laughs> like they're even with the uh, the the episode uh, about his friend coming out. It's kind of like uh, we don't want those people in the bar. No, not and those people. <laughs> there are, I think, you know, we'll see we see you know people of color in the background sometimes, but it kind of get the impression that's not really the the bar's clientele. So nah. it's, it's yeah, I don't necessarily get the idea that it's that welcoming, but. I think that's right. I mean, and we see it where they're not welcoming to some. Um, So like you can imagine how they were however many years before when like the first black patrons came in potentially and they're like, what are you doing here? And now you're allowed in, but you can be to be in the background. I mean, the the intro song is funny because it has one black person in it, like (laughs) like one picture of a black person. and then in pretty much every episode, there are basically extras, right? Like uh, in the background somewhere in the bar, there's almost always a black person or a couple yeah. or, but like, but no. But not a regular, what, I mean, like speaking role. No, I was going to say in Bar Wars 7, um, which was, God, that was the final season. Yeah. I think it was the first time I saw a black person with a speaking role. Yeah. It was one of the rodent guys. That's, not, that's, that's 93. I was like, whoa, he spoke. <laughs> so um so yeah that's a that's a thing i get why people like the show like i didn't i wasn't my, my great grandma oh, yeah. she that was one of her one of her staples this uh, cheers jeopardy wheel of fortune matlock stuff i used to watch at her house all the time yeah well that's the thing is uh, you know 
I was thinking about it. You could put this bar in Seattle and we would be talking about the Seahawks and how like, oh, right? Like you can put this, you can put this bar in a lot of places and have the regulars and which is funny I say Seattle because Frazier ends up in Seattle not quite the same concept but um like an ex an ex mariner doing that I could see it yeah Yeah. absolutely it works it's a very clever concept I think for a show um also it's its style is interesting because it's basically a stage play like it's set up like a stage play we rarely leave the like main part of the bar people walk in and then with the live studio audience, it is like that is, you know, even stronger and forced. I didn't realize until I watched it for this rewatch that they're below a restaurant that I yes. think they're associated with. And uh, they must be because they send Carla goes up there for something um, to get supplies or something. Uh, and then in one of the episodes we watched, they actually go up there. It's when it's when um, sisterly love the sister. Yeah, the sisters episode yeah so i didn't like i had never had the association that there was a restaurant connected to cheers but it makes sense because so many bars have restaurants connected yeah i mean that's again like you know when you're when you're rewatching, if you're not watching everything you're going to miss it and you know in this rewatch there were yeah we did not hit as many of the um of the you know connections to the restaurant upstairs i want to i want to hit on something from that uh, bar wars seven that was Um, that escalated pretty pretty, to a pretty extreme level like but like remember we started with bar wars one was season oh wait bar wars one was season six episode 23 so between episodes season six and season 11 where seven is there were five other episodes to escalate (laughs) To give our friends some context, it's the Cheers bar worn with another neighborhood bar. And, right, and one specific. One specific bar. But yes, it escalates, like in that episode. I mean, when he walked in and they had bricked up the like the bar area, I was like, that's kind of a brilliant. It's clever. Right. Um, I don't so my so is it Harry the Hat? Harry the Hat. Harry the Hat is the one who basically gets the ultimate revenge for him for for sam by basically scamming the other bar owner out of his property and and having him demolish it the setup the setup is is funny because sam sees his thing get demolished yeah and the guy carla or carla (laughs) do with it because i just put rats in the heating duct like it's not a big deal and then um Sam, Sam literally gets on his knees and apologizes. And then uh, the other bar owner is like, ha ha, I got you. I demolished it myself. I did it because I just sold my property for 1.5 million or something crazy or a million, a million dollars. Sold for a million dollars and, you know, last laugh on you. I got the last laugh. Then he realizes that Harry the Hat is the person he sold his, his, build, his bar to who doesn't have any money. So the bank doesn't come through with the money. It's funny. funny. It was funny. It was also funny watching because again, we don't leave the Cheers bar very often. No. So to see an outside street, I, this one <laughs> in the first one in this rewatch that we saw where someone's actually walking around outside 
and oh. like the demolished like it was like that is a set if i've ever seen one. Like, she, said, she awesome. said it was a set and I, when i looked i was like it almost looked like they maybe did it in miniature it, it looks like they did it in miniature yeah that's what but, i yeah. thought like it was very it artificial made me think of um is it disneyland or like one of those like theme parks yeah. where you go and you have like the hollywood the lot you look at the line yeah. it's all the same mm-hmm. yeah. a whole bunch of foam bricks to like knock over you know <laughs> I, I feel like uh Harry the Hat ended up being my favorite character along with Frasier. Yeah, Frasier's great. Frasier and cameos. Wait, is it a cameo if you're just kind of like a return character in and out? It's character. called a recurring, I think it's called a recurring character. Yeah. Um, but Harry has one of my favorite jokes out of the episodes we watched. And it's the one <laughs> where, is, is it Diane he's messing with? Yeah. Because he, he doesn't want to pay his bar tab. He's always finding ways to yeah, get out of stealing money. And so he's like offering to help her cover the pool table yeah and um and then she's like oh don't worry i'll take care of it myself and then he he hands he takes the bill from her and then goes to walk out of the the bar and (laughs) sam's like you didn't pay yet and he's like oh i took care of it with with her and then uh, basically the punchline is she yells it's covered but she's talking about the table he thinks uh, sam thinks he's talking about the the bill but i mean i'm not retelling the joke great but in motion it's pretty it's pretty damn funny i mean the actor is wonderful and we know that from our watch of night court but like the way that he plays it he his his energy is that the right yeah. thing it is it's yeah. he has a great energy for this role yeah. it's it's great yeah and uh, frazier is kind of the opposite right he's the like not quite wet blanket but intellectual <laughs> rude to people but kind of and then, um, but it's funny. Like he's always like the things about, um, gosh, what was it? Oh no, actually that was Diane's other boyfriend. But yeah, he's just, he, he ends up being like, I'm actually a guy too. And I think these things are funny too. Right. Um, yeah. Like when he watches the mutant movie. Yeah, yeah, that he had seen the mutant movie. He also um, gets, he also gets uh, some good like, back and forth with the guys um even though they tease him because they take him out fishing and leave him out on a snipe hunt which a snipe mm. is something that doesn't exist but he manages to get them I actually don't remember how is it that he yeah gets back? so he he goes up to the wilderness they come back to cheers and have left him and think it's so funny and diane's mortified frazier shows up and it's like i'm so appreciated like he's he's playing a long joke where he's just like you guys are amazing and so then Diane's like, you can't tell him the truth now. You'll hurt his feelings. And he was already feeling pretty down in the dumps. Um, and then it turns out that like, no, he he knew what was going on and he was he was messing with them. And so like it was, yeah, it was a it was a long joke, but it was funny. It was good. Uh, it was okay. I really enjoyed the 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 Cliff Calvin episode. Yeah, we didn't see that one. Tell us about it. It's Cliff goes to Jeopardy and like loses all of his money. Because he doesn't, he messes up on the final answer. And it's this funny joke where Alex Trebek is like, you got it wrong. Because the, the, the only other person who has money is a woman who has $400. So he's telling Cliff, like, you're fine as long as you didn't do something stupid like bet all your money. He bet <laughs> money on the final answer and he loses. It was like, it was like people. And his answer was three people who never I've never had dinner with. And so they're like, yeah, that's true, but that's not the answer. So then later on, Al Trebek comes to the bar and tells Cliff the sob story. And it's it's really funny. And it, it was heartwarming to see Alex Trebek like 
he was such a cultural icon that he shows up on like this hit TV show as a cameo as himself because one of the characters wants to go on is was on the show. We've got to watch that. Great episode. Great episode. Uh, do, you, do you have any idea what the ratings for Cheers were? Was it like they were low? Rated? No. So I did read a little. I think it was in the article that gave us the episodes where they were not rated well, and that's the whole like Diane, Sam, on again, off again thing. Like it was going to yeah. get canceled. And then they were like, let's make out at the end of the season where everyone's like, oh my gosh, it happens. And so then they like got to keep going. Yeah, I forgot uh, about it. yeah there was a, a constant on again, off again thing with Sam and Diane and that kind of. And we wanted it to be off again or off again and remain off. Like that was not the now, most interesting. But it this, does say that it does say that the, the series finale was watched by an estimated 93 million viewers. So that was almost crazy. 40%, 40% of the U.S. population. I believe it. I mean, think about it. This show lasted a decade. It, like... Wait, were you saying that the reviews weren't very good? No, the ratings were not Rating. good in the first season. Oh, like, just for the first it, season. Well, no, it continued to struggle. Like, it, it it, took a while to go. But the thing is, is, like, so this whole on again, off again, you know, we'll talk about influences, but one of the ones is definitely the Ross and Rachel, right? Like, this, I don't know if other shows did this before Cheers did this, but I think that on again, off again, when it was new, hooked people. I know that I was hooked with Ross and Rachel. Um, and so my guess is, even though us watching this now, we're like, oh, not this thing again. Let's just be done with that and, you know, see this other stuff. For people who are watching this in real time, I think it probably was compelling. They were like, will they, won't they? Oh, this, this, relationship is bonkers like I think that probably I mean my impression is that is something that helped this show become what it was and yeah it absolutely influenced many a will they won't they on again off again (laughs) storylines unfortunately (laughs) including including going so far as a wedding in Europe where the other one goes to stop them I'm like, wait, what? Sam goes to Italy to stop Diane from marrying Fraser, and like, that's literally Rachel went to England to stop yeah. Ross from oh, wow, I forgot marrying about Emily. That. I'm just like, whoa, they even did that. Now in Cheers, it's funnier, right? <laughs> Cheers, he got they had changed the location. He got bit by dogs, ended up in jail, had to work for somebody. Like, um, not not it didn't work out that way, but um, but yeah, it's very. Um, very fun watch to actually see things that you're like, wait a second, I saw that two decades later, somebody took this idea from Cheers. One thing I would like to know from you is what Cheers character you think best matches you? Like your personality. I don't know. I want to say Frasier, but (laughs) (laughs) I, I can't justify it. Maybe it's just because I like him. You thinking Fraser too, Tim? Uh, no, I don't know. I'm looking at the characters' names now, trying to see. I don't know. Well, while you're thinking about it, I will tell you I was stumped for you. So I was like, all right, I'm going to assign you characters. And Fraser, yes, makes sense, Kendon, but no, you're Cliff. Like with all of your random tidbits about information, every time he comes out, it's like you know, such yeah. a, such a, such. A, I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know if you even caught it, but this weekend I called you Cliff a couple times. 
<laughs> does that all the time. Yeah. Um, Tim, I was thinking like it was hard because I wanted to say that you were Sam because you are. My impression is like people open up to you, want to talk to you, right? Like that's kind of the bartender role that, that Sam plays. Yeah. Hard part is Sam is such an asshole. Like what he is is a hound, What he is is a hound dog. <laughs> yeah, I can work, so I can work like, on being an asshole. I can do that. <laughs> you could, yeah, you could work on that, right? But I was just like, it's so hard because like I dislike Sam so much in like. So that, but I was, I was like, that's kind of, you would be the one that everyone's talking to you about stuff. So it seems like maybe that, I'm yeah. not sure. Um, and my character is the reason I had started rewatching Cheers in the first place, because one of my coworkers called me Norm. That's not your character. <laughs> and so that's my character is Norm. Hello, everybody. Norm. Okay. I think Norm, Norm is the biggest jerk on the show. I actually, yeah. you remind me more of uh, Rebecca. No, Rebecca I'm is, Norm. Rebecca is not as uh, stuck up or uptight as um, Diane is. True. She's like smart and capable and like just has, uh, she has a better. She's more fun. She's warmer. Yeah, she's more fun. <laughs> um, so you two definitely have been to happy hours. Once or this, twice. I didn't realize it, but we're over a year into COVID and I miss happy hour so much. Just the leaving the office and going to a bar where everybody knows not my name, but at least my order. Like <laughs> <laughs> more like, important. Usually I have a place that they know what I want. And it's like a place to let off steam before I go home. Yeah. And usually it's coworkers who join me and we talk about just whatever, or it's friends who are in the area. But mm -hmm. like that time was so precious. And I realized how much it was hard when we first started watching this. I was like, oh my God, I miss it so much. Um, and yeah, I mean, like at this point, like you, don't, you just don't have that. Like, even if I were to go to a bar, you know, nearby, these are not... I mean, I guess I would just have to hang out with my neighbors, which isn't that bad of a thing. But in yeah. my mind, it's like, it's nice to have, you want to get away, a place to get away. Okay, I just keep thinking of the theme song, like all of the words and theme song. How did you guys feel about it? Because I know like for me, I had, I mean, at least once a week for many, many years, consistently, I'm going to happy hour, if not multiple times a week. So like this was a routine thing for me. And mm. I miss it a lot, especially watching Cheers. Um, how, well, what are, what's your guys' thoughts on it? For me, I still had the impression I did from when I was a kid when we started watching, which is that, oh, this is a bar. These are adults at nighttime. Mm -hmm. I didn't put together that this was happy hour. And I think you mentioned it. And then all of a sudden my adult brain clicked in and I was like, oh, they're coming there to drink before they go home, which is why uh, um, Norm is always talking about going home to Vera. Yeah. So it kind of changed the whole thing. It's like, no, these aren't nighttime drinkers. It's not like Moe's Tavern mm -hmm. in The Simpsons or something, which seems a little grimier, but this is like, no, I just got off from work. I got, um, I, that, I really like that aspect. And everything you said about missing happy hour is totally true. Like this year has been a kind of a downer as far as that, mm -hmm. just casual human interaction. And that's what I like about the show. And I appreciate that the show teaches us the happy hour piece kind of slowly. Like it doesn't just straight up, like we never know what time of day it is, right? Cause we're inside. 
Um, but it's kind of like that first episode where we see time pass, right? Because Diane and her fiance show up and then we wait, right? For all of these moments where she keeps having to like push the flight later. So mm -hmm. we get to see how much time. And so like, you see Norm get there. So he's coming from work and then, um, and then like he goes home, but the bar's still open. Like it helps kind of establish yeah, hours, but it takes a bit to figure that out. If you're just watching the show at the time and you're an adult, is, does the idea that it's happy hour just natural to you? I think it is for me, at least like just the people who pop in after work and the fact that it stays open so late, like you're like, well, this happens. And now there's an evening crowd. Like when Norm in that first episode, I think they have him kind of like passed out drunk and mm -hmm. coach takes him home. And then there's like a dinner crowd that comes in, like as they leave. And so you're like, okay, so that was, that was after work drinking. And now there's a, another group of people. It wasn't closing time. Sorry, you mm -hmm. popped something into my head. Another great joke when you're talking about taking somebody home. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a point in one of the later seasons where Rebecca is, is offering to take people <laughs> home as a, as a DD. And that one guy takes her up and he said, oh, great. Where do you live? He says, Philadelphia. And then he says, she's like, what's your address? I'll, it, I'll know it when I see it. <laughs> and it reminds me of, there's an episode of Mr. Robot where one of the main characters drives somebody who's drunk home. Um, in like another state like it was pretty far that they go and he like they're lost and they finally get there and like the joke is his car's in the driveway so this wasn't there his car in the first place <laughs> um funny joke and I wonder if at all influenced I don't know. what's funny is that like Rebecca introduces that to be like we're cheers the bar who cares but yeah. coach was doing that there was an episode, I forget, in like some of the first couple seasons um, where he literally was like, okay, I'm headed home. Who needs a ride? And everybody was like, nope, we're actually all sober enough to drive. And he was like, well, I don't even know if I'll know how to get home if I'm going straight there. <laughs> like, he, he was like, this <laughs> like is he the has first a bus ever. route. Yes. Yeah, so and Norm goes with him. He's like, okay, okay, coach, you could take me. Um, I forget where you said you could take me. And he's like, I'll just catch a cab back to grab my car. <laughs> <laughs> So like, I don't know. I, I like that. It's, it's a familiar place and that, yeah, a coach just drives people home. I remember one time Tim, I, Tim was recruited to drive me home, but time helped. So we were able to uh, work that one out. Um, okay. So now we know who our characters are. Who is your favorite character? Harry the hat and then, <laughs> yeah. Fraser, and then Fraser. Woody for me. Woody is funny. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing, right? Woody comes in after the actor who plays coach passes away. Yeah. Is, that why, so, is that why he left the show? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He passed away season, after season three. So, but Woody gets brought in to play basically the same comic book, yeah. not comic book, but like comical comic character, right? This like super dense, genuine, funny I like it a lot better done by Woody because I think of his age with coach when it was happening. I mean, he was funny and like, I'd be like, I don't like this, but I would still laugh because it was just so funny. Yeah. But like when coach would knock, like bang his head on the bar or just do certain things. Like I, I had a feeling about it. Like I had a, I'm worried about your health. I'm worried about you type of versus with Woody. I'm like, okay, you're fine. 
<laughs> I don't know. How did you guys feel about that? I was wondering if he had been hit in the head with too many baseballs. He or said something. that many times. Yeah. Oh, he did say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's basically was punch drunk. Yeah. It's all, it like it was funny. He was a he's a great guy, good character, but it always seemed a little sad to me. Right. Sad. Yeah. yeah. He's an older guy, and his mental capacities are diminished. Mm-hmm. You look at it on the mm-hmm. flip side. Like I feel like everybody respects him, right? So he's spending like his older years doing something he likes around a bunch of people that he likes. And he's taken care of. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I was, where was I? Oh, in Oregon, <laughs> Kendon, I don't, I think you missed this part. I forgot. Uh, you don't get to pump your own gas in Oregon. No. I, I went and got gas once for us because <laughs> I didn't have to pump it. But the guy, I tried to tip um, the guy and he was like, we can't take tips. Like we'll get fired from that. And I did not remember that part. And he was like, it's okay. I'm retired. I come here and I hang out. And he was like, this is just like my retirement gig. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And like, we had a coworker. I don't know if you remember Tim, but like when he retired, he went to work for REI. Like there are fun jobs that you can do, not necessarily because you need the money, but because you want the interactions, you want the like yeah. And so I like that part of this. Yeah. That coach has, has that. Um, and he, he can do his job or he could do it bad and it's okay. Cause Sam owns the bar and he's, yeah. he's there. He keeps buying stuff. So one of the episodes we watched was he had bought a weight machine that, um, that also tells your fortune. And that's one of the like ongoing, um, jokes with coach is that basically salesmen come in and he just buys whatever he's like what do you want <laughs> what am I buying from you and then he pays all this money for stuff but um but yeah and that one it was like they stand on the weight and then it tells them their fortune and like it's like well spooky because it's all coming true um that was a funny episode I think there's every episode is funny there's funny jokes in every single one it's like you've got the plot that you know, could hit or miss but there's funny things happening in each one and like ones that are like long game all the way through. Like you don't know what you're seeing in this first scene is going to come back in half an hour and get you. I, I think we should touch on Carla. Let's touch on Carla. Kendon, I think you have pretty strong feelings about Carla. Um, I, I think she's, she's funny. Um, I just kind of see her as this, this stereotype and wonder how biting it was at the time but kind of of the of the South European sort of uh, immigrant who's like loose morals and can't take care of, well, I guess she is taking care of herself, but she's like pregnant four times. She gives birth four times on the, by four different men. Like something about, about that whole idea, other than, I mean, her portrayal, um, her acting is great. Her jokes are funny, um, but something about that, uh, especially, standing her next to Diane, it had this feeling to me of this is the worthy woman and this is the unworthy woman. Yeah, definitely like a class issue. I don't, it, yeah, it didn't really feel like race, but like there were a lot of jokes about her hair um, yeah. and just being like, Ugh. and then um, like Kendon got really offended in one episode where she is dating this like very distinguished professor, doctor person, and he wants to marry her. And she turns him down because she says she's in love with somebody else. And it turns out this somebody else is someone she's never met. And she describes him. And Kendon is just like, 
how in the world is that what you think like is that what you think you deserve like yeah she's basically saying by it the the, it's almost like the comedy is the idea that this guy would like her to begin with because he's up he's a better class or something like that and then she describes her dream man or the man that she feels like she belongs with and i gotta say she basically describes a loser like Mm -hmm. a like a guy who can't like like can't hold a job or just I don't remember all of the negative things, but but that I don't know if this is the 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 men she grew up around or what, but it's 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 this like I not I don't deserve better than this guy. And it was just it was disappointing. Tim, what did you think about Carla? Uh interesting. I mean, definitely a stereotype for character, but I think she was meant to sort of bridge some of the jokes and to sort of be some of the people play jokes off of in the loud, you know coach to have jokes and like other people have jokes was you know Carla was this character that's meant for that and nothing more I don't think they meant to give her any depth or any real backstory she was funny but you know her whole thing is playing off stereotypes and tropes she was particularly funny because um she would pop out of nowhere yeah. and kind of do a zinger or like um at one point they're like we need to put a bell on her yeah <laughs> <laughs> like I think she gets the the best uh, jabs in at every character in the whole show. Right. She does. So I would deem Carla most improved in a way that only applies to me, which is mm-hmm. as a kid, I hated her. I hated Carla. I thought she was mean. I thought she was rude. Um, I don't even remember any of the like actual stories. I just remember the feeling I had about Carla, which was I did not like her. And watching her here, she's like one of my favorites. She's hilarious. Um, and unfortunately, we did randomly kind of go through and pick episodes, but we didn't pick any Carla episode to really watch. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to like, I mean, there are several. There are several where like she gets back with her ex-husband or she gets married or there's one where um, she's going to be a grandma and she's like pretty, like that's an episode about Carla. There, there are quite a few episodes about each of the characters, right? But we we just didn't really watch any main ones with her. Um, I'm not surprised you felt that way as a kid because she seems like the, out of all the characters, the one you'd least find in Hawaii. <laughs> well, she, it's because her jabs, right? Like she, her jokes are jabs mostly. <laughs> and as a kid, they just seemed mean. Now I'm like, oh, that is funny. But she's like Boston. <laughs> she's like, I get it now. <laughs> she's Boston sassy. Yeah, I get it now. And like, there's a there's an episode where I think she like, her her being little and feisty is kind of awesome. Like I forget who she whose jump back she jumps on, but like it's just I appreciate her a lot more now that I understand the jokes. I guess is the piece. You remember um, that? And um, I hate Diane. That Super Bowl joke about smart park, smart park. Yeah. All the Boston people are like smart park. Yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear her say that. Nah, I don't. <laughs> what did you guys think? I did not like Diane. I had a real hard time with her. Did you? What did you guys think of her? I don't think she. I wasn't invested in much of the characters enough to hate or love them. Mm. You weren't. No. He also didn't watch as many as us. No. We full disclosure. Full disclosure: We intend on watching this whole series even after this review is done. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of hard to hop around. I guess for me, she was like this wet blanket, holier than thou, like. I'm so amazing. And she was just irritating all, which, all the time. Which it was is just funny like, because she holds nails the views. on a chalkboard. And then she does nails on a chalkboard. 
I was like, that's exactly who you, that's what you are. And then she goes and grabs a chalkboard and like plays, like does it in Sam's office. I'm just like, man, get out of here. She holds the views that are closest to, I think, ours. Yeah, that's the thing. Like she, I agree with her and yet I can't stand her. I felt bad for her in the first episode. I think she just didn't get good writing. And I, and I personally think they should have given up the Sam and Diane, like, will they, won't they, yeah. way earlier. And just and then she could be something other than bouncing off of him. Like her personality seemed tied to him. So that's something else that you mentioned, Kendon, with her and with Carla, that the women characters in this are very blatantly there to play off of the guys. Actually, I wanted to mention one, and I'm forgetting her name, but um, Fraser's wife. Lilith. Lilith. She's hilarious. I think she stands on her own pretty, pretty well, even though she literally is always coming in because Fraser's showing up or to come and get Fraser. Well, she also shows up way later in the series. But she's really funny. She is great. So I think I think that they did a good job with her. Yeah, I will say that, I mean, when you were commenting on this, we were in the earlier episodes. So it was really Diane and Carla were the only two women, like recurring characters. Um, and you you just, you made a comment about it. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's right. Like, I wouldn't say no agency, but they're... They're there almost as... Like second fiddle to the guys? Furniture. Yeah, like. furniture is what how you used it. Mm-hmm. But then my impression of Kirstie Alley was was way better. We didn't see as many episodes with her, but I feel like she had she had a little more. Uh, le- well, she had leverage. That's what I mean. It that's was. the thing, right? The show evolved. Like then we get Lilith, then we get Kirstie Alley. So like the show in those years, getting further, you know, we yeah. we see that. Um, so the other piece. So what I wanted to get touch on though is especially in the earlier episodes, particularly with Diane and Sam, there's a lot of violence in that relationship. Yes. And a lot of violence, e- either threatened or referred the to. episode? Like, a lot of it. Well, uh, also, yeah, there's there's like the physical and then there's like almost the intimidation. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if it's, he does this to Rebecca. I think it is when he's first meeting her and then he's like putting himself in, in the way of the door. He's, He's kind of well, like, that's the sexual harassment piece, and that yeah. still goes all the way through. Like it just it goes through. But before we get to the Kirstie Alley years, right? Kirstie Alley is season six. In mm-hmm. those years before then, um, particularly in the first few, I mean, and and we see Diane and him in this relationship. Like there, there are comments about like physical violence between them. Like, I mean, and not necessarily that it happened, but that like. I don't know. It's just in your face as if this is okay. It was shocking to me. Yeah, but imagine what it's coming off of in the 70s. <laughs> this is probably a, a major toning down. Yeah. About it. yeah, it I'm is. Not, I'm not excusing it. Not excusing it. Yeah, I just want to know your, I mean, okay, so you're saying in the time it's not, it, it, it's not notable to you? No, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just imagining how much worse it. Like considering this show, I think was probably pretty progressive overall. It seems like it was. It, that's what it was going for. And I also, to be honest, I don't recall the the incidents you're talking about about violence. I was just seeing more of him being kind of an oppressive force when he wanted something 
from one of the women characters and kind of being like, yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely like the workplace harassment is real. Um, so there's that piece, but no, like the, there were multiple times of like physical violence in a relationship and almost like that was okay. Tim, did you see any of those? Do you- I didn't watch it. I, I had read about them. I didn't watch any of those episodes though, but I was reading about okay. the exact same thing. Yeah. It was, it was, I was like, whoa, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not okay. Um, and then yes, in terms of the workplace and that Kendon is what I think you're really pushing on. Like Sam is, it, I mean, he, he's, he's portrayed as this guy who gets all the girls and is like a ladies man. And, um, and all of the like guy patrons are even Carla. So all the patrons are impressed with him. Right. And like live vicariously through him. But so it's like very in terms of the respect that he has for women generally is is kind of shown to us early on. But then like it's a running joke that like he has sex with all of the waitresses. Like that is what he does. And then he hires Diane and there's this like tension and the romance is supposed to be based on how crazy they make each other. I guess that's part of the violence piece. I mean, like the fact that they are turned on with each other because of the fighting and the bickering and the like that just I was like this is not healthy (laughs) um but then yeah like so Diane leaves and he like beginning episode of a following season they've apparently gone through multiple new waitresses and Carla's complaining because he keeps sleeping with them and then they quit and then she's like having to work on her own it's like that's not (laughs) that doesn't fly today or it should not fly today but it like goes on and on. And I was, I was disappointed because I do think that the show does try to tell us some messages early on. But yeah, I mean, Kirstie Alley joins us season six and he is immediately a dog. Like he's, he's no better by that time and like hitting on her and it keeps going. I mean, season seven is the one where um, the sisterly love episode is. And even there, he's like trying to I mean, at that point, Kirstie, I, Kirstie Alley, I think, no, I think she's still his boss, but like, he's still trying to have sex with her or like hook up with her. And, and like the whole thing is about him having both of them and like both sisters. And I'm just like, this is gross. Yeah. I, don't like um, I think this is kind of related as well, but I can't remember why it happens, but at some point, um, Diane goes, has to go into like inpatient treatment, mm-hmm. I think for depression. Yeah. And afterwards, uh, apparently going to get any mental health um, help makes you crazy. And that's a, a joke that he leads a lot and the other ones do too. It's like, oh, now we can really disregard you because you're not mentally stable. Yeah. That's something that clearly has changed in the last what almost 40 years yeah I do think we're much better about that though we still I mean we still use words like crazy um when it's like do we could we use a different descriptor than that um I mean yeah I feel like that's a hard one like that one the word crazy itself is so useful (laughs) like I watched it I, I was telling my friend uh about this movie um that I watched on an international flight and it was I think it's the highest grossing Indian superhero movie or whatever. It's way different than any movie that you would see here. And it's just kind of bonkers. The things that are happening, like there's a cell phone monster 
right? And then you gotta say that movie, it's a crazy movie. Like, I don't know. It's different than calling a person crazy. Yeah, exactly. I think I think it's con context is important. And yeah, in, in this case, they are acting like she has is no longer competent or capable, or there's something actually wrong with her when she had a bout of depression. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. There are still a couple episodes I want to mention. Um, I guess I'll just jump to it. One of, I guess I'll say, you know, favorite episodes. One of my favorite episodes is a Diane episode where it's called Homicidal Ham. It's in season two. And it's the serial killer that, or murderer, actually, I don't even know if he's a serial killer, but basically there's a episode in season one where Sam like sets her up and like, she's on a date with a murderer. And I haven't watched that one, but that one ends. This guy shows up, he's out of prison and um, he tries to rob them because he wants to go back to prison because he just can't make it on the outside. So then Diane is like, oh, pet project, I can fix you. You always wanted to be an actor. I'm going to help you be an actor. And so this, like Sam's like, I don't know. Oh, I think they're dating. Sam and Diane are dating by now. And Sam's just like, I don't know. And she's just like, don't judge him. Everybody's worthy of changing or whatever, having a chance. So they put on a skit from Hamlet at the bar. And right before they go out there, the guy like professes his love for Diane. And she's just like, I love you too. And just completely dense and doesn't get it. And then he sees Sam and Diane kiss and is like, you traitor, you cheated on me. And the like scene from Hamlet that they're doing is when Hamlet um, accuses, um, I forget her name, but of cheating on him. And then he strangles her. So literally this guy is strangling her in front of everybody. And she's like, oh, I'm worried that you're actually going to try to kill me. But like weirdly doesn't just like walk away or say, never mind, I'm done with this. And so it's like a whole time before like, Sam, I think, is the one who finally figures it out and like goes and gets an offer. But like literally, we were watching her be strangled in front of everybody in a play, like for real. I don't know. It's a it's an interesting episode that I've returned to a couple times. Um, you rewatched it? Yeah. No, not like we watched it recently, but I'd watched it before. Like I purposefully watched it again, you know, because um, I don't know. It's a thinker again with the like. Yeah, I don't know. Um, of the episodes you watched, Tim, what was your favorite? Um, probably the Bar Wars episode. It was yeah. the two. I think it's really it's a nice look at what a sitcom can be, right? They they use what they have very well. So it's one location they do what, what's probably models for the bulldozing. They bring in, they're bringing in other characters. You're getting another side story with Sam and the kid who's you know, stole his black book and that's the same episode? Kill the black book? I had not that I know of. This might be another episode, but um yeah, you you get a bunch of different characters coming in, different people, and they do a lot with what they have, which I think is what we saw a lot in the 80s was how do you maximize this to make it funny? And they did they use every tool in the book and it's really hilarious, a fun ending. Um kind of over the top, but you know, I think it's what, I think it's what the best of what these type of shows could be is this kind of, this kind of episode. 
I think you're right. And what's fun about it is, you know, with TV series, you don't know when your last thing is, right? So it's like you, when do you go all out? When do you throw everything in? Um, this, that episode aired two months before the final episode. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we knew it was the final season at that point. So it's like, okay, let's throw it all. This is the last Bar Wars. Let's mm-hmm. like, I mean, I was shocked because the bet, original bet was that they were going to have to sing a song nude at the other bar. Mm-hmm. And that happened. I was like, whoa. And I expected the episode to be over. I was like, that is insane that that just had to happen. And then like, no. Oh, <laughs> there's, yeah, but wait, there's more. Um, that was a, yeah, that was a really fun episode. Kendon, do you have anything to say about that episode? If not, what's your favorite episode that we watched? Mm, I liked the Fraser snipe hunting episode. Um, I also particularly, well, I particularly liked that he was in on it or he was smart enough to be in on it. And Diane was, was sitting around being super worried about him the whole time. Um, so I like that kind of outsmarting or because basically it's like she's what's the word I'm looking for? Like protecting him or underestimating. Underestimating him. I like how like she's actually underestimating him, kind of overly mothering or something like that. Oh, don't don't make fun of, of him. He doesn't know what's going on. It's like, no, he he's he's a guy. He's been ribbed before. Um, so I, I thought that was all fun. And also like that, the uh, Bar Wars, I particularly liked, again, Harry the Hat having got, like having run the long game, almost like uh, makes me think of Kaiser Soze or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, one episode that we didn't mention that we watched was the, one of the last episodes, because a lot of it was like a two or three parter at the last se- um, episodes of seasons. Um, but season four, there's a politician who, um, is running for election and is like dating Sam at the same time. And Kendon, I thought you might want to talk about that one. I forgot. That also maybe would have been my favorite because she's, the uh, politician is played by Kate Mulgrew and she is, uh, she plays Captain Jane Ray on Star Trek Voyager. Jane Ray out. Jane Ray out. Um, yeah, no, I really liked those ep- episodes. I liked the dynamic she had um, with Sam. Of course, then Diane was Diane trying to get them separated as well. Yeah, she didn't trust her. She's gonna hurt Sam. Like, why do you care? Why do you care about Sam? Stop it. Yeah, they were just they were just having fun. I don't remember how they break. Did we watch their breakup? We didn't watch all the episodes. No. Okay, I want to go back and figure out uh, why they break up. But she was like, she's great as Captain Janeway. Um, very different sort of character, but she's like, she was vibrant. I like her energy. In this. I really did. Yeah. Yeah. I did that actor. I mean, as Janeway and as this, it, they're very different characters, but her, the energy she brings to them is, is unique for each character, but goes like it works. Yeah. She's very like, you want to look at her. You want, she, she's compelling. She draws right. you in. Vibrant's the best I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So I might say my favorite is Sisterly Love, season seven, episode 21, because I probably because they get even with Sam or like they they play a trick on Sam and I appreciate it. So this episode is Kirstie Alley's sister comes to visit her and they have this like setup where they um, are fighting and they don't get along. And I, I mentioned it earlier because Sam's like, I'm going to get both sisters because I'm going to get them to make up and then they're going to be so thankful and 
emotional that I'm going to have from both. Um, the sister is played by, what's her face? Red-headed woman from Desperate Housewives. Is it Marcia Hardin or something like that? I don't know. But it was fun seeing her so young, like so young. Um, and she was great in it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just funny, like Frazier's there. He's He's been grounded because he was talking bad about his mother-in-law. So Lilith grounds him. But it's, he, like, it's Marcia Cross. Yeah. So he like he sneaks in. He's like, I snuck out. <laughs> like, so he's there <laughs> even though he's not supposed to be. And just like silly things happening, which is just like typical at Cheers. That she's a movie star in the mutant movie? Yes. No, more than one mutant movie. A couple mutant movies with a couple times where she has multiple heads. And like Woody recognizes her, like Woody recognizes her. He's like, I'm pretty sure it's her. And he's like, then he uses his like hands to cover his eyes and be like, yep, nope, totally her. <laughs> Cause that's how he watched the movie. And then Fraser's um, aware is, is familiar with her and yeah. he's geeked out. Well, he and get- he's funny. Cause he's like, it made my mother-in-law go home early. So she, he asked for an autograph and it's like, I know where you live <laughs> or something like, it's just funny. And then, um, so yeah. And like they trick Sam. Kirstie Alley shoots the sister, like fake shoots. And like the sister, Kenan even was tricked. He was like, does bodies really jump when you get shot like that? Cause he's, she's like on the ground and then Kirstie Alley like keeps shooting her and like her body. Wait, wait, like, I wasn't tricked by that. Well, then why are you asking? I wasn't asking. I made a statement. Mm, Cliff. Um, what it did so trick anyway, me was, well, I don't know. It caught me off guard. Cause I assumed it was going to be one of those tropes where, um, cause he had a date, right? He had set up a date with mm-hmm. each one of them like on the same night Mm -hmm. and it was going to be like, Oh, I'm at the restaurant and she shows up and the other one shows up and uh Oh, I'm in trouble. I have to go back and forth between two. Then they find out that I'm dating two. I'm dating each one of them or something like that. And it ended up being a way different trope that, and it surprised me in a positive way. Yeah. That they were in on it and they were tricking him, but he's like crying and it's like, Oh my God. And Kirstie's like, everybody gets to do one bad thing. This is my bad thing. I've just killed my sister. And like, covers her up and like dragging her out she, like, nobody can see him or see her like no one can see this and like of course it's the regulars at the bar are all there watching like when they oh. turn the light and sam's freaking out and even lilith is there wait didn't he like say like lilith isn't this wrong and she was like no it's funny yeah like <laughs> it was um it was a good episode like i just i i am irritated with sam so I guess I what I appreciate though is that they gave you the information up front that she's an actress yeah yeah and that comes back at the end of the episode and I don't know why I didn't clock that it was like oh this is probably going to revolve around her acting ability as well she does the same line that she performed for the people in the bar when she's being killed like I'm too young to die (laughs) (laughs) and Sam doesn't catch it and he's just freaking out I appreciated it anyway Okay, so other influences um, that we haven't touched on yet. Do you guys want to talk? Do you have any? I don't have any. Yeah, my primary one is that there's a character on Deep Space Nine who's always at the bar, and he goes by the name of Morn. He and has his own seat. Apparently, he was uh, the some of the writers on Star Trek were big fans of Cheers, and so Morn is just it's what an anagram of Norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Morn. <laughs> um so other influences so deep place nine um we talked about fraser being a spinoff we talked mm. about ross and rachel i also think that like friends and seinfeld and those types of shows are also somewhat influenced by this in terms of like just the random stuff that these recurring people are talking about mm-hmm. the, like that are 
that are played straight faced but then funny um and the way that they all have like their same kind of location where they just sit and talk basically is what's happening right <laughs> um you've got like phoebe and joey who are like the dumb ones um similar to like woody and coach you've got um yeah i just i think there are influences in those that i'm just I've never seen an episode of friends that's right you don't see friends not one well you don't need to you can just watch cheers Although um, Tim likes so much stuff, he'd probably come across, come away with some positive things to say. Probably. Never, yeah, never. Um, I like this better. Let's say that, um, at least in this t- stage of my life. So those are the like main influences in terms of like other media that I can think of. Aside from the fact that this was probably very important in a lot of these actors' careers. I don't know what Ted Danson was doing before this, but clearly he has a long career after this. Um, including most was is um, the good place the most recent Ted Danson yeah yeah Um, which is funny too because Kendon's mom does not like Ted Danson (laughs) she was like I don't watch the good place because I don't like Ted Danson and I was like after watching this much cheers I could see a woman in the 80s seeing this character and being like I'm good and I, I, I have no idea why she doesn't like Ted Danson but if if it is all because he, his character was such an asshole in this, I would be, I, I would say, yep, that tracks. <laughs> um, but you got Woody Harrelson um, and even Kirstie Alley. So one movie that we haven't, oh, I don't know. When is three, um, uh, Look Who's Talking, is that in the 90s? Yeah. So I don't know if it came before or after she started being in Cheers, but I mean, she's so great. I love her. Um, I know. So. Didn't she say a bunch of weird stuff? I'll... Did she? I don't know. I only know her from like '90s, early '90s. Yeah, she might have turned know. weird. Yeah. She might have turned weird. Okay. Well, I appreciate I appreciate the early '90s. Um, and then one show that I think we should do probably in October is Three Men and a Baby because Ted dances in that one, and I love that movie so much. Um, so I was thinking it would be a good October movie. Although spooky October, maybe November movie. Um, so yeah, those influences, right? Like in terms of these careers, I, I get the impression that like this helped Woody um, in his career. I, I don't know. I didn't look it up, but I've got to think it probably did. Yeah. So, and then how often did we have like, I don't know if this is an influence or if it's just like culturally significant, but the Cheers opening song is so iconic. We now have Cheers bars all over the place. It's a chain. We went there for some big sports game. I don't even know what sport it was. That's <laughs> so long ago. It's probably basketball. Um, because it's your dad's birthday, so it was like June. But anyway, um, oh, I remember doing that. Like yeah. Cheers is around. It's just fun. Um, but this whole like Cheers was filmed in front of a live studio audience, like that that sound that clip is so iconic like Mm -hmm. I can't like if you ask me who else what uh, what other shows were filmed in front of a live studio audience like I mean I know like Fresh Prince and others but I don't know like was this a new thing that they were doing this and that's why they would no no but like who else says it in the beginning of their show that a ton of shows ton of shows did it yeah I just and it's just cheers it's just cheers is the only one I know (laughs) oh yeah a lot of shows did it Okay. I do. Um, I have the memory from 
from when I was a kid of the last uh, last picture that they show at the end of the of the credits with that one guy just grinning mm-hmm. hold, holding up a drink and he seems too young to be drinking but it's like <laughs> oh it's old days so maybe he's 16. as a kid I was just like that guy is so goofy having fun yeah yeah so one question Kendon had was in that beginning song opening is are those pictures of just all people drinking at bars or is it all the same bar over time I felt like it was the history of the Cheers bar itself. Because it does start with the street, the like modern day street that Cheers is on. And then it goes to an old picture or drawing of that street. Yeah. It makes sense that that would be what you think. You might be right. I hadn't even considered that, but yeah, I think Kendon might be right. So going back to the Live City audience, Kendon, remember um, one of the episodes, we heard somebody like make an exclamation, like in actual words. I can't remember what happened, but Kenan was like, did somebody just <laughs> yell, oh yeah, from the audience? <laughs> um, which is which is something that happens when you're not using a laugh track. It's not, yeah, it's not a canned laugh track. Yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. We went back and listened to him. We're like, yeah, that, that really did happen. That was a real person who said that off script. Um, okay, anything else that you all want to cover when it comes One to One joke that we didn't get covered, which I really liked, was when Sam Sam has sunk his own boat on an atoll um, and he's back and he was like, oh man, nobody thought there or even knew it was there. They named it after me. It's now named No Brains at All. It's a good pun. It was good. They had some really good ones. I, I appreciate it. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. Friends, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this episode, I hope you, uh, if you do rewatch um, some chairs, I hope you enjoy that as well. Um, for Kendon and Tim, I think we should rate it. Cheers yeah. overall. Is it a classic or are we past it? Classic. Classic. I, I would say we're past it. Like of all no, of the things that no, happen no, in that. No, all no, of this no, talk, no. all episode, and you're going to say you're past it? I think so we're past so it. So like, we're we going to watch the entire series. We're I don't watch believe the you. entire series for after this say, episode. But like everything in it is so, I mean, it is funny and it is influential, all of those things. But what it covers, I just think this is like the, the example of how we've moved on, <laughs> how we are no longer in this space. I think. Um, the fact that we've been in COVID for a year and I really miss bars and it's like so homey is where I will say yes it's a classic but blame the show for its content because it, it was a show of its time absolutely I agree it's like with a you. time capsule yeah so the time capsule it's like a show a of its time, time. but that's why we're past it because it's so stuck in its time no then then I will be past so much stuff that we've watched yeah that, I, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, my problem right. I'd be past that, T-Wolf I mean, I, you know, I mean, like Teen Wolf is the show of this. It's the counter in Teen Wolf is very racist and homophobic, but like, well, I it, also just don't buy her logic because she intends to watch the entire series after we're done here. So she's clearly not past it. Well, I'm not past it, but I'm saying I think us as society is past yeah. it. But no, we've progressed on, but we're not past it. Like it's not. Yeah. I think. I mean, I honestly think we're more past friends than we are past yeah yes 
Yeah. Tim <laughs> agrees. Never saw it. <laughs> yes, real credible Tim. Um, well, I, I mean, because I, I don't think people talk about Friends in the way they talk about Cheers. You don't think so? No, I, th- I think I think Friends holds some nostalgia for people, but I don't think it has the sort of reverence that Cheers has. I don't think the writing on Friends is as good. Nope, not. I'll never know. Well, take it from us, like. Cheers, Cheers, I'm not Cheers. Friends was great for the time it was in, but now being a cognizant person to be able to compare them, I get why people who were into Cheers wouldn't necessarily be like, yep, Friends is the best show ever. Well, we need some sort of major bet that if Tim loses, I have to figure this out. I'm not watching. Loses, He's got to watch some Friends. I'm not watching Friends. That's off the table. I'm not doing it. Well, no, watch some more cheers then um you watch guys have convinced cheers. me it's a classic we'll be unanimous cheers is a classic friends hope you enjoyed this episode next time what do we want to talk about i know i came up with cheers so one of you two should throw something out i don't know i'm down i don't have any ideas how about we do this is typically prom season right so i think there's a prom in pretty and pink some kind of school dance so i think it fits Pretty in Pink is a good one. All right, next week, Pretty in Pink. That sounds good. All right. When, what will we be? We'll be back. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes.